Hi, I'm Dr. Pajari, and I'm the host of this palliative podcast called The Prognosis. It's a podcast dedicated to explaining all things palliative and to giving clarification to patients and families, people um, who want more clarification on, on palliative subjects. I am a hospice and palliative medicine physician. I practice hospice full-time. I am a hospice physician. And um, what that means in practical terms is we bring patients on uh, in the last six months of their lives and help manage the process of decline and the process of dying, of active dying, which we call transitioning. Um, as a hospice physician, I think it's paramount. It's very, very important to concentrate on an accurate prognosis. Um, prognosis, when it's well done, can help give the family a good sense, the family and the patient a good sense of how much time there is and how to plan and how to make that time um, as much as possible a time of quality and uh, to help manage the aspects of decline. Um, prognosis is really essential for preparation for patients and families to ultimately deal with the dying process. Um, so that is really why I wanted to create a, pod a podcast around palliative matters is because there's a, a lack of discussion about these processes, the process of decline, the process of dying, and the process of prognostication. And uh, so that's the focus there. Um, just a little more by way of background. Um, so as a hospice physician, uh, I've been practicing for about seven years now, but I started off in the hospital uh, and worked in the hospital for quite a number of years. I really enjoyed the acuity of the hospital um, I enjoyed, very much enjoyed the intensity of the hospital and the dynamic of the hospital. Um, and another thing that was fascinating that I discovered when I was in the hospital is that I really enjoyed, uh, or I was very much drawn to, um, trying to give clarity to patients and families around diagnosis and, again, prognosis. Um, diagnosis is very important. Also, giving a correct diagnosis to a patient um, really helps them understand what they are dealing with. Um, and from there, they can begin to understand how to approach managing uh, the disease process. But um, additionally, again, prognosis is really important uh, and I found myself drawn to both of those in the hospital setting, wanting to help patients and families gain more clarity on those issues. Um, and patients really needed prognostication in the hospital, but it's tough to come by in a hospital setting, in the acute setting um, where the stakes are high and emotions are running high. It's difficult to... Um, have discussions about the bigger picture. Um, anyways, that's where the, the passion was bor born. And from there, I decided I wanted to get into palliative care, and I did. 
Um, and I practiced both hospital medicine and palliative medicine um, side by side for a while. And then, as I said, about seven years ago, decided to do hospice full time. And just a an explanation on that too, um, if you know, just to give more clarity on what it is that a hospice physician is really. Um, my personal definition of being a hospital hospital uh, a hospice physician is um, that we as hospice physicians are there to help with managing the process of decline and then subsequently the process of transitioning, which is active dying. Um, as a hospice physician, you need to become familiar with different disease entities um, and different trajectories of illness, which means you have to understand how these illnesses show up in the form of decline. Um, that's a very key point. So you may be managing ALS, which is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or you may be managing a patient with CHF, end-stage congestive heart failure, or a form of dementia, Alzheimer's dementia, or Lewy body dementia, or vascular dementia, so different forms of dementias. You may be managing a patient who has a form of terminal cancer. And all of them ultimately do lead to what we call transitioning, which is active dying. Um, and with transitioning the active dying process, there are different levels of management. All roads do lead to Rome, um, so patients do ultimately transition. But with that, um, there is management, active management of the process of transitioning um, to make sure that the patient is peaceful. The hospice physician, that is the role right there. What I described is really the role of the hospice physician in my mind. Um, it's a very beautiful role when, when practiced um, with uh, intensity and passion. Um, and with that, I must say that it's really a niche specialty also, um, or should be considered one. Um, hospice physicians or hospice is still not understood by the majority of people, including other clinicians. Um, and sometimes hospice and the hospice physician are, are viewed almost as just an extension of care rather than this niche specialty that manages decline and dying in such a marvelous way when it's well done. Um, probably, and through this podcast, we need a redefinition of what hospice is capable of doing, of what hospice medicine is capable of doing, elevating it to the specialty that it is. Um, you really do become... Um, an expert of sorts uh, on decline and dying. And I do say uh, of sorts because that brings me to the next important uh, part in this introduction is that uh, death is a very important entity. And, and philosophically, um, we need to have discussions. We need to have podcasts or, or podcasts like this that attempts to talk more openly about the subject um, as a hospice physician and as a, a human being, I uh, have come to realize through my own experiences that 
death is really what matters most in our lives. Um, we are born to die, and this frames everything that happens to us in our lives. Every choice we make um, relates back in some form to our mortality. And uh, that's a very, very deep point. Um, so I'll say it again. Every choice we make relates back in some form to our mortality. Um, but despite my knowing this uh, innately at this point in my life, most people I encounter don't really understand what I mean when I say that. And I understand why they don't understand. I understand why they feel the way they do, um, that they don't want to discuss death or have a conversation or a discussion about mortality or want to view it as a far-off entity or something that won't touch them right now. Um, they don't realize the relationship that they have with it actually as they speak or as we speak. Um, the reason for it is that is, is a number of interrelated reasons. It really stems from a fear of mortality. Um, mortality, dying, death is the great unknown. It's associated with pain often in people's minds. It's associated with trauma or illness and then thereby associated, as I said, with symptoms such as pain or um, other difficult symptoms. It's associated with loss. So once we lose someone and someone passes away, we don't know where they go. We don't know how to connect anymore with that person. It leaves us with a sense of isolation and deep grief, um, being lonely and in a world we don't comprehend. Uh, it also is something that happens to us and is beyond our control, which is a very frightening aspect of death. And it also uh, is, as I said earlier, is a great unknown. We don't know what precedes life and we don't know what comes after dying. And so dying really is a, is a terrifying unknown to many people. And I think that's why people have a fundamental fear of dying, and that's consequently why people also don't want to talk about it, want to ignore it, want to shun it. Um, but it's important to step back from that and realize we're all in a process of gradual deterioration as soon as we're born, and that that deterioration will culminate for each person at some point into active dying, each one of us. Um, but stepping back a little bit from that, uh, with our fear of death, we certainly also have a, an obsession with life. And more than that, I would say an obsession with um, what I call the cult of life or kind of a, a cult a worship of everything to do with living and avoiding everything to do with dying. Uh, there's a cult of being young in this world, of wanting to stay young and be young. There's a cult of wanting to freeze beauty in time and to not change. There's a cult of wanting to avoid the aging process of trying to go into alternative treatments and things to try to avoid, again, the process of aging, which is really the process of decline. There's a cult of aggressive medicine where it's very difficult to turn off the spigot um, and 
switch into a palliative mode. So there's a fixation and a focus on living and then a a choosing to ignore uh, the process of dying, which amazingly is the one process that's uh, a concrete and definite process in our lives. And because of that, um, again, circling back to why this podcast is so important, we really need to swing back into a balance. Yes, we should focus on life. And yes, it's important to focus on uh, fighting diseases and trying to stay vital. But it's very, very important to start examining uh, death and dying, the process of death and dying. It's very important to, um, to face our mortality, to talk about the details of dying, to explain how dying happens or to discuss how decline happens to patients and families so that they can gain more control over the process. Um, really, I feel that um, a podcast such, a, uh, such as this one could be a pretty revolutionary podcast in terms of getting, jump-starting the conversation about approaching uh, the conversation on death. Um, and so circling back and summing up, um, I welcome you to this podcast. Again, the name is The Prognosis, and it's linked to my website, uh, thepalliativepost.com. We will be having guests on this podcast and having good discussions about mortality and all aspects related to that. And again, the focus is really about prognosis, which is understanding how much time you have left and understanding how to make that time as brilliant and as useful and as powerful and as empowering as possible. Thank you so much for joining, and I look forward to doing more podcasts. Thanks.